Welcome to the Principled Women in Business podcast with your host, Lauren Dulgaru, aka The Solutionist. You are about to discover priceless insight, experiences, and perspectives that will inspire and empower you to break down your own obstacles and reprogram your own limiting beliefs. All while raising women business owners to the pedestal that has been long awaiting, the coronation of true, principled women in business. Welcome to the Principled Women in Business podcast. scale your business so that you can sell your business for top dollar and properly fund the lifestyle and retirement you've been planning for? Are you ready to do more business so that you can have the lifestyle you desire? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Principled Women in Business podcast, where we empower women business owners to overcome obstacles in business so that you can live the lifestyle you desire, reclaim your freedom of time, and create generational wealth. I'm your host, Lauren, the House of Salandria, aka The Solutionist. And I am here with you on this podcast today to empower you to do more business, multiply your valuation, and create the freedom that only generational wealth can bring. And I have a very special guest today with us here today. I know that so many people have reached out to me in regards to podcasting. So I heard your call and I've answered. Today on this show, this episode, I have Simon Later of Beaver Podcasts to unveil the mystery by podcasting. Here we go. Buckle up, buckle in, and let's learn. Welcome to the Principal and Women Business Podcast. I have the astute honor to be joined by Simon Lader of Viva Podcast today. And I have heard many of y'all call that you're looking to start podcasts, but you don't know how to monetize it. You don't know quite what to do with it. So I went out and I found your solution. Simon, there is nobody better to introduce your your true expertise and where you came from. So I would love to hand the stage over to you. Hi, Lauren. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. And uh, I'm a big fan and to have the time to spend with you and to be on your um, on your channel is, is is a real joy to behold. So, top of the pile, top of the pile. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, yes, I am Simon Lader of Viva Podcasts. Um, I help business owners and podcasters make money from podcasting. So, if you're a business owner looking for high quality leads or high quality revenue to be generated into your business, um, or you are a podcaster and you're looking to monetize. Uh, your podcast, then I'm sure what Laura and I are going to be talking about is going to be full of really juicy stuff for you. Because there is no better way to learn than from experience. And, you know, Simon, as much as we want to say experience is this golden nugget, right? It didn't tickle at the time that we were going through it, right? Whether it's in podcasting or whether it's in business growth or whether it's in being a real estate agent. When you first start out, it certainly doesn't tickle because there's always that learning curve, right? Podcasting, everyone feels they can go off on Google, YouTube, and they can get all of the information they need really quickly to be successful uh, as you and I both know that you know it it takes somebody who's been there done that more than t-shirt 
had that bit of dirt. How did you start out in in podcasting to begin with? Okay, that's a great question. So um, my my backstory is that um, so I've been a headhunter for around twenty five years. I started when I was mm-hmm. six years old. No, I'm kidding. So I've been a, I've been a headhunter <laughs> for about twenty five years and um, built up a very successful um, headhunting company, which is really a high ticket consulting company. Okay, and so a lot of the challenges that you hear about people trying to sell high ticket consulting offers. That was really the the the, the life that I that I had, right? And I, had, I still have. And um, but because I operated and st- we still operate in a very tight niche, there wasn't an awful lot of marketing I needed to do. Okay, so my role mm-hmm. in the company um, what, um, was and still is primarily business development. And business development is fine if you if you have a big name in a small niche, and that's what my headhunting company um, was privileged enough to have. Um, then the pandemic hit. And as you probably know, one of the first things to stop and one of the last things to restart when it's all over in any economic downturn is hiring, okay? And when people are in fear of their jobs and people are just trying to kind of keep the lights on and the doors open, the last thing they want to hear was our normal marketing uh, efforts of, hey, are you hiring? Or, hey, if you're hiring somebody like this, we've got the guy for you, okay? Agreed. Um, Agreed. The normal type of, 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 of marketing that, you know, when people are selling a particular product, that's what they do. Do you have a need for our products? Or here's our product, you might have a need for it, right? But of course, when there's an economic downturn and nobody's hiring, that was the last thing they wanted to hear from us, okay? So I needed to find a new way of communicating with our audience. Not so much um, to keep banging the drum for now, but knowing that when all was over, if we'd stayed relevant and we'd stayed helpful and valuable to our audience during that time, right, right. when it was all over, our audience would come back to us, okay? Because we'd still, we'd stay top of mind and all that good stuff. So Simon puts himself through social media marketing school. So from, I'm going to say March of 2020 for the next few months, I was learning social media and marketing for the first time. I'd never really had to do it before. I'd never needed to. I didn't really know anything about these new ideas like funnel building and building an email list and all these really new ideas. Of course, they're not new or ideas. They were new to me. So I was learning all this stuff and I was being exposed to a whole new community of people that I'd never really um, engaged with before. Okay. And the more I was talking and you probably tell already, I like talking to people, okay? I've spent my entire career talking to people. So I'm not really, or at that point, I wasn't really one for, you know, communicating via email or social chat. Um, Mm -hmm. Whenever I could get an opportunity to actually talk to somebody, I was. And what was happening more and more was people were saying to me, oh, do you want to come on my podcast? Do you want to come on my podcast? I was like, podcast? First of all, at that point, to, to give you an idea of how green I was, I didn't really know what a podcast was. I thought if you wanted to have a podcast, you had to be the BBC or CNN or Newsweek. I didn't realize that anyone could have a podcast, right? So I started saying yes. And the big thing was, by the way, I took the uh, um, I took the decision to start saying yes to a lot more things, right? Because you never know what yes is going to turn into something, right? So I really started putting myself out, into, you know, out of my comfort zone and started saying yes to a, a lot of a lot of these things, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I started going on other people's podcasts and first of all, absolutely loved it. And what started happening was a lot of these podcasters were saying to me, Simon, you should have your own podcast. You'd be great at this. So I thought, okay, I'll start a podcast. So I did exactly what, Lauren, you just said two minutes ago. What did I do? I went on Google. I went on YouTube. How do you start a podcast? (laughs) And was washed with this tsunami of information. All right? And overwhelmingly, the tip that came up time after time after time was, talk about what you know, podcast about what you know, podcast about what you're an expert in, right? Yes. Yes. So I did. So I started my first podcast. Um, I started to prepare and started to kind of build up in the summer of 2020. Um, And I did like five or six, I recorded five or six episodes. And it was me talking about jobs, hiring, um, interviewing and all that kind of stuff. And I recorded them. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to record about five or six episodes in the course of a couple of days, leave them and then come back and listen to them and see if they're any good. And they were awful. They were turgid. (laughs) They were terrible. Right. And I realized why they were boring because I was bored when I was talking about it. Right. Here is the first lesson that I learned that if I may, Simon preaches to the audience, all right? You're supposed to let me ask the question. <laughs> I was going to ask, what would you think was your first and your biggest failure in podcasting? Well, here we are. Here we are. I anticipate are. every need, Lauren. I anticipate You took it away from me. <laughs> so this was the, the, the massive mistake that I made at that point that I learned from very quickly, which was, okay, let me put it this way. I am a world expert at putting on socks, okay? I do it every morning, and I've been doing it since I was a small boy, right? I can do it standing on one leg. I can get my foot in the hole and everything, and even get, you know, the back of it over my heel perfectly. I am, if there was going to be a list of world experts of putting on socks, Simon would be on that list. I'm brilliant at it. But would I podcast about it? And would people want to tune in and listen to me talking about putting on socks? I've done it every day, sometimes two or three times a day for 40 years. But just because I have expertise in something doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be a subject I should be podcasting about. That comes into market segmentation. Exactly. Um, And, you know, I'm always talking about businesses and how you grow them. And the sad truth about it is 80% of businesses will fail because of one of three reasons. One of them is market segmentation. You haven't done the research into if anybody actually wants that. Maybe you do, but does anybody else? You don't have the team or you don't have the capital. And I love that you bring into market segmentation and really, does anyone want to listen to that? Does anybody want that? Is that something that's viable? Is that something that's sustainable? Absolutely. Um, I speak about that. I speak about that frequently. And you know what? I'll take you one stage further, right? This wasn't even that does anybody else want it? I didn't really want it. All right. Mm. I, uh, however good I am at putting on socks, I'm not passionate about it. And however good I am (laughs) about recruitment, and I'm very good at it and I'm very passionate about, about it. All right. The one thing it lacked, and this is the nugget, the one thing it lacked was intellectual curiosity. 
Okay. Good. So how do you bridge that gap in, right. in your podcast? How do you right. help others to bridge that gap? Right. So I, I realized very quickly that this was not the subject I should be podcasting about. Okay. So I stopped in the July, August of 2020. I was like, fine. Okay. Tail between my legs. Clearly, I'm not a podcaster. I might be a very good podcast guest, but I'm not a podcast host. Okay. And as it happens, I was generating leads from guessing on the podcast and it was working. And I thought, okay, maybe I should just be a podcast guest going on talking about hiring and recruiting and all that good stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it kept happening. People kept coming back and going, Simon, you've got to host your own podcast. So here's what I did. And this is perhaps lesson number two. Mm-hmm. was I did a lot more research, but real research. To to your point at the very, very beginning, not just watching YouTube videos, not just reading articles. I actually went and talked to people, okay? And what I did was every single podcast I went on, I researched in advance um, how successful that podcast was, what kind of listenership they had, were they monetizing, okay? And I asked each podcaster that I talked to, could I have 15, 20 minutes of your time before or after the podcast or another uh, or another time just to kind of pick your brains? I'm thinking of starting my own podcast. Would you would you mind me having like 15, 20 minutes of your time? And here's the amazing thing that happened. All right. I realized after speaking to a number of people and take, I mean, I am a consummate note taker. All right. Taking notes and yes. and write, you know, writing everything down and, and structuring everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It became very clear very quickly that there were a number of common denominators between the successful podcasters that the ones that weren't successful just weren't doing. Okay. There were a number of commonalities in activity, in structure, in um in the things that they were doing, either in planning or in execution of the podcast, that the suit that the successful and the super successful podcasters were doing that those that didn't have a success weren't or hadn't done. Okay? Are you able to give us any insight into what those specific items are? Absolutely. But here's what okay. I'll say just before I do that. So what I started to do was to structure my second attempt at podcasting with all of this in mind. So some of those key things were, number one, they all had done a lot of research into, and again, to your point, market segmentation, okay? They went into the world and found out, number one, who their ideal audience was, number two, what that audience wanted, and then number three, how they, as podcasters, could satisfy that need on or off the podcast, okay? And they had that really clear, okay? Now, in a second step when it came to the audience it was and, and here's the thing the more niche the better yes okay? so rather than i talk to women okay it was i talk to women between 35 and, and, and 45 who are um, um professionals with this sort of income living in this sort of area with these sorts of challenges and i'm going to talk about these specific topics that are appropriate to them right okay exactly yes and the reason for that is number one 
it's much, much easier to reach those people if you're super defined. And number two, it's much, much easier. In fact, I would say if you haven't got this, it's damn nigh impossible to retain that audience. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. It's funny, actually, I actually posted this morning on, on, uh, on Facebook, um, something that's been really like to address something that's been bothering me. People talk a lot about audience growth. All right. People come to me. The two biggest questions I get are number one, how do you grow your audience? Number two, how do you monetize it? Okay. Audience growth is, it's a fallacy to talk about audience growth as one thing because it's not, okay? Audience growth is two things, okay? It's attraction, bringing in new people into your audience, and retention, holding on to the ones you've got. If you haven't got those, those things, it's a bit like running a bathtub without putting the plug, without putting the stopper in the hole. Yes. Okay? Just as fast as the water comes in, it's going to go out, okay? Great analogy. Great. All right. Thank you. And one of the biggest um, frustrations that podcasters have is, I'm doing all this work, I'm doing I'm getting these guests, I'm doing this and that, and I might get a little bit bit of an audience bump, but then a week or two later, I'm back to where I was. Well, it's because you don't have an audience retention strategy, okay? Audience Mm -hmm. growth. People will talk about audience growth till, uh, till the cows come home. But what they actually are talking about isn't audience growth, it's audience attraction, okay? Right. You can attract as many people into your world as possible. But like with the bathtub, if they're leaving as fast as they're joining, you're not going to see any growth in your audience at all, okay? So one of the first things that we did was define an audience retention strategy. And an audience retention strategy is actually really simple. It's actually super, super, super complex and complicated, but it can be summed up as being really simple. Give your audience what you promised, which is what they want. So figure out what they want, tell them that's what you're going to give them, and then give it to them, okay? Something that we talk about a lot in Viva Podcasts is something that I refer to as the audience covenant, okay? Can I talk to you about the audience covenant, Lauren? Uh, Not yet. Tell me about it. Okay, here's what the audience covenant is. Okay, so I've got a couple of friends. I'm I'm in Vegas, hence Viva Viva Las Vegas. I'm in Vegas, and so I've got a lot of friends that uh, that are in, that are that live in LA and are in the entertainment industry. Okay, mm-hmm. now the entertainment industry has really got this down to pat. Okay, they really, really, almost forensically understand this. For some reason, podcasters or a lot of podcasters don't. All right, what the audience covenant is. Can be, can be, let me, let me give you an analogy. Okay. Lauren, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, shoot. TV show? Yeah. What's your favorite, you, um, your, your, your binge friendly TV show? Honestly, I fail here. I haven't watched TV shows in quite a long time. Okay. I ethically fail. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that you'd said friends. Okay. Favorite TV show? Okay, friends. Okay. Right. Perfect. Fine. So, um, it's one of the most famous TV shows of all time, one of the most successful sitcoms of all time, you know, 10 seasons, and consistently um, was like, you know, top of the uh, of, of the Nielsen ratings, okay? Now, why is that? Well, it's because they'd identified a demographic they wanted to, they wanted to um, service, okay? And they knew exactly what that service offering was going to be. And consistently, week in, week out, delivered exactly that, okay? It was, yes. you know, a comedy, 
there was a little bit of romance going on. It was aimed, it was it was uh, aimed at these kind of like twenty somethings that were um, that were kind of supportive of one another, and it had a very you know it was very very uh, there was very little conflict in there. It had its um, it had its formula. Okay, so every yes. week when you tuned into Friends, it was giving you what you were expecting. Okay, every yes. week you yes. uh, now when it was on in the nineties. I watched it when it was on first, you know, when it was on the first, when it was first time around, I watched it because it was aimed at me. I was in my twenties and it was, you know, and, and it was exactly what I, uh, the kind of show I wanted to watch. Right. right. My parents didn't watch it because it wasn't aimed at them. Okay. Right. However, right. if let's say halfway through season two or three, they decided to change the format of the show to appeal to my parents, would I have carried on watching? Probably not. Okay, if they would have diluted what they were trying to do to make it more edgy or darker or more um, more biting or sarcastic or suddenly decided it was going to be a musical or suddenly decided it was going to be a sports show or suddenly decided it was going to try and be all things to all people, it would have failed. Okay. yes. And the reason for this is they had a very clear idea because they'd done ridiculous amounts of research and testing and more research and more testing. They had a very clear idea of exactly what their audience wanted and mm-hmm. delivered it consistently week after week after week. Okay. That's the audience covenant. The audience covenant of friends was you give us 30 minutes of your time. We will guarantee you, you'll laugh aloud at least five or six times. You'll fall in love with. Rachel and Ross, you'll want to be Joey's big brother. You'll want to have a beer with Chandler. Um, you'll want to, I don't know, hang out with Monica. And uh, yeah, that was what yeah. they were promising, and they were delivering it week after week. They did. You're so exactly you're, right about that. Right, and that's why it was successful. And every successful podcast has an audience covenant. They clearly understand their audience. They clearly understand what they want. They clearly understand how they're going to give it to them. And then they basically say to their audience, give me half an hour of your time. And in return, I will give you what it is that I've promised that I'm going to give you. Okay. What do you think is one thing that you would say about monetizing a podcast that most people would completely disagree with you? And why do you hold to it? That, I love that question, by the way. I love that question, okay? The one aspect of monetization I very much go against the grain on is advertising and sponsorship is the worst monetization strategy. That's always what I've heard is the top exactly the vast majority of people out there will go you've got to get advertisers you've got to get sponsors you've got to get advertisers you've got to get sponsors all right not only not only does viva podcasts not teach people or not coach people on how to get advertisers and sponsors my own podcast uh the conference room which was the podcast that having done all this research and all this stuff that i refer to we launched in 20 in uh in december of 2020 and it's gone on to Stellar success is now in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. And we monetized it to six figures in only our second year of existence. Okay. We That's don't amazing. have any advertisers. We don't have a single sponsor. And of the four monetization strategies that we teach, 
we only follow one of them, but we double down and we absolutely rigorously pursue it. Okay. So hyper focus. Absolutely. Okay. The, um, but th there are four other monetization strategies that okay. are significantly um, more suitable to almost all podcasters. I'm not going to say to all because for some, if you're Joe Rogan and you have, you know, 100 million downloads a month or whatever it is, right? Then, right. yeah, sponsorship and advertising may be for you, all right? But mm -hmm. unless you're in the top 10% of all podcasts, not the sorry, not top 10%, unless you're in the top 10 of all podcasts, sponsorship mm -hmm. and advertising is going to be a lot of hard work, it's going to be restrictive, and you're not going to get a lot of money from it. There are sure. far better ways to monetize your podcast than that. And if you want a lot more detail on it, we'll talk about it towards the end. But I've got a very, very good PDF that really kind of goes through this in a lot more detail, which is kind of beyond the scope of our discussion right now. But if people want it, then more than that, welcome to have it. And that's absolutely It sounds cool. like a very in-depth conversation. Um, honestly, you know, I had started a podcast about a year ago. I did not realize until I had spoken to you and how in-depth, how technical, how much goes in and behind it that that could be. And if I'm not doing those things, and I'm sure that there's other ladies, other women in business, other podcasters out there, other aspiring podcasters out there that really need to have this information. Yeah, and I'm so, more than happy to share it. It's uh it's all in this uh in this document. It's a document, it's called Podcast Power-Ups. It's a collection of PDFs that we put together um which answer probably the five or six most common questions that we've got um and we yeah maybe maybe we can put that into an email for everybody who goes in and subscribes to this episode more than we can have to. that released in this episode what do you think more than happy to more than happy to you heard that guys so everybody who is subscribing to this episode in particular you are going to be getting a magical gift from my friend here simon on the podcast power-ups because he's got more information that i thought was even available Simon, so can I ask you one more question? And this Please. one is going to be this one's going to be kind of a I don't want to say a stinger, but maybe a stinger. What was your greatest failure in podcasting, and how did you turn that around? Um, to be honest, the greatest failure that I had was uh, the crash and burn of the first of the first um, the first iteration of it. Okay. Um, it's worth remembering, I put a lot of work into these five or six episodes, right? And mm -hmm. had really thought very hard about the structure, how I was going to do it, what I was going to talk about, trying to make it engaging and entertaining, um, and then edited it. So a lot of time and effort went into it. And right. when I listened to it back, initially, I thought, you know, when I was doing the edits, I was like, oh, this is all right, you know? But when I kind of put it to one side, came back to it a couple of days later with fresh ears and, you know, uh, a fresh outlook and listened to it back, I came to the realization that this wasn't good. It wasn't good enough. And it wasn't something I could just spray perfume at. Okay. It right. really was. It was a it was a rotten fish. All right. And it, it was one of those you can't shine a turd, right? Exactly. You know, <laughs> and, and, and it really wasn't something I could just sort of paper over the cracks and hope for the best. So, uh, 
it was it, that was extremely disappointing because and and for right. probably two or three months, I didn't think that I was ever going to have another podcast. I thought I tried it and it failed. And rather than beating myself up about it, I was like, okay, this isn't for me. Uh, but I'll go back to guessing other people's podcasts. And it was only when um, other people were encouraging me that I should try again, and I had mm-hmm. the courage to do so, that um, I went through this exercise of really, to all intents and purposes, interrogating and detailed research of what made other podcasts successful by Again, to your point, speaking to the people that actually had the experience, had the techniques, had the skills, had the success. And um, and then being able to extrapolate, not just from one person, not from two or three people, but from and at 20, 30 people and going, right, those guys are successful because they're doing this. Those guys success are not successful because they're not. Well, clearly the this is what's going to make a podcast right. successful. And we just put that into practice. I know it sounds really simple and it kind of is. But it took a lot of time, a lot of effort. And um, luckily, we documented everything. And that's what became Beaver Podcasts. That'd be the blueprint for the success of the conference room has become the blueprint for what we coach people on in, uh, in Beaver Podcasts. You have the podcast blueprint. I have the business success blueprint. Right. And notice the commonality of the word blueprints. You yes. have to have that all in there, especially, you know, you have to have an idea of your goal, where you want to go with a podcast, with your business, with your personal life, with relationship. Pick the thing that you want to go somewhere. You've always got to have a goal in mind so that you can put together your pathway to get there. Yes, 100%. So, 100%. I'm so thankful that you were able to join us here and really open up about podcasting. I would love to have you on for a second episode so we could share a little bit more in depth. What do you think, Simon? I'd love to. Yeah, you you just tell me when and I'll be there. Excellent. You guys, you heard that right from the horse's mouth. Simon is going to come back and teach us more about monetizing our podcast and really those secrets that they're not teaching you about. Uh, Maybe because they don't know or maybe because they don't want you to find out. But Simon has said that he's going to come back with us. Thank you so much, Simon. Simon, give us that shameless plug. How do we find you? Okay, so um, two ways to find me. Um, One is if you go to vivapodcasts.com forward slash podcast power-ups, that's where you're going to get that PDF uh, that I referred to a little earlier. Um, And also um, from there, it'll take you into an offer that we have for a membership that we're going to be launching in June. Um, We're actually in pre-launch right now. So anybody wants to uh, get in early, uh, there's some fantastic incentives to do so. Uh, we're giving um, 50% increase on affiliate revenues, and we're also giving wow. 30% um, decrease on the price. You'd be grandfathered in. And just again, to give you an idea, the, the um, information that we're going to be sharing inside the membership is the stuff that our private clients, our consulting clients, pay us several thousands of dollars for, okay? That's obviously on a one-to-one basis. This is going to be email and video, and it's going to be, um, once we launch it, it's going to be 39 bucks a month. I mean, who can't afford 39 bucks a month, right? If you come pre-launch, you know, it's, if, it's, if you come in pre-launch, it's going to be 29 bucks a month. And, that, and you grandfathered in for as long as you have the, the membership. All right. See, and, you guys, you're hearing about it on Principled Women in Business podcast first. Right. Scooping it up before it's even ready. Right. And here's the, here's the other thing, Lauren, you're going to love this, right? If you come in pre-launch, 
a lot of the stuff we're going to be we're going to be um, creating for the membership. A lot of it's going to be video. Now, I'm much better um, doing like teaching to an audience than just teaching to a camera. All right. So, what we're going to be doing during the pre-launch is we're going to be offering anyone that joins the pre-launch membership to actually come into a live environment. I'm going to teach a bunch of stuff and then stick around afterwards for free Q and A. So you'll get the kind of stuff that my that our private clients are paying thousands of dollars for. You're going to be getting free just for paying twenty nine bucks a month. Okay, so it's all going to be in there. It's super exciting. I'm very excited. It sounds like it's super value packed, and I'm so thankful that you're bringing it on here to to our listeners, to our subscribers, and that they get to take advantage of that, especially if you're thinking about a podcast, you have a podcast, you're developing a podcast, or you're still growing it. You heard it here right first from Simon Ladger. By the way, I can tell you, uh, I just got a message on my phone saying, why did you say that? We weren't meant to be launching this till Monday. So you will... Uh Uh-oh. I hope I didn't get you in too much trouble. Simon's in trouble, but I'll have to deal with that myself. Okay, so I'll I'll just wait till Monday. No, 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 no! Go for it now. Do it. Let's let's make the uh, let's make the okay. uh, the my, my delivery team go crazy. So uh, um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I wasn't meant to be. I'm going to blame it all on you. I'm blaming it all on you. Absolutely, Simon. but yeah, but jump in. Seriously, take advantage. Jump in. Get in early. Um, the the membership is going to be reduced from thirty nine to twenty nine for the lifetime of the membership. Um, I think we're the affiliate program. Uh, we're offering fifty percent increase on affiliate on 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 affiliate commissions if you are pre-launched. And again, that's for the lifetime of your membership. Uh, what else? Yeah, you get in early and, and can get to participate in all these live uh, the live teaching that we're doing and stick around for Q and As afterwards. So, uh, and there may be even some other things that uh, uh, that we're going to be tossing in there as well. But I can't I can't really remember them. But if you go to vivapodcast.com forward slash powerups and download the PDF, that'll take you to the page that talks all about this. So that's definitely one way to, uh, uh, to to stay in touch with me. The other way is that we're also going to be launching a free Facebook group. And that's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash scale share monetize. We haven't actually opened that group yet. But again, if you okay. uh, if you join now, as soon as we open it, you'll be in there. And there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff in there as well. So, yeah, it'd be great to have, uh, to have people in there. Welcome to the premiere, folks, right exactly. here on Principle Women in Business podcast. You Simon, it's been an, an honor having you with me today. We're no, going to do another. You. We're going to do another episode. So, yes. you guys, stay tuned for the announcement of part two of this, so we can talk about how you're going to keep continuing to build and monetize your podcast Absolutely. and really create that next stream of income. So, Simon, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I'm so thankful that you came on and you shared all of those nuggets about podcasting that I know people just plain and simply have, don't, they don't have access to. Absolutely. So, thank you so much for coming on with me today. It was a pleasure. It's and so much time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Principled and Women Business Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren of the House of Salandra, aka The Solutionist. And it's been an honor to have Simon Leader of Viva Podcast on our show today, unveiling the mysteries that come behind podcasting. Join us on our next episode and be sure to press that like button and most certainly that subscribe button because you do not want to miss out on any of the gold nuggets that we have coming forward here on the Principled and Women Business Podcast. 
And that wraps up another episode of the Principled Women in Business podcast. Follow us on social media to never miss an episode and to unlock full access to your trusted business solution center. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta, and YouTube. Till next time, stay strong and keep crushing. Find us at laurendulgaru.me or call 407-337-1117.